Hi, Dr. Phil Flox, also known as John Billingsley, speaking. I am the president of the board of the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve terrific multi-course meals to the unhoused and to those in need seven nights a week. We assist as many as 100 nonprofits with their food needs, buttressing extraordinary social service programs. We work with community partners to address issues of food insecurity here in SoCal. We do lots of other great stuff, but how much time do we have? If you're in L.A., come and volunteer with us at hofoco.org slash volunteer. And any Federation credits you can spare go a long way. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300. That's 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins with new releases every month. Hey folks, stay tuned for a special discount code. Good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Lower Deck Vulcans. Lower Deck Klingons. And Lower Deck Packlids? There's a lot of Lower Decks going on in this week's episode of Discovering Trek Lower Decks and Star Trek Lower Decks. So jump in the turbo lift, hit that down button, folks, because my name is Dan Davidson and we are Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. Episode 9 is upon us. We got a whole bunch of Lower Deckers all over the place, and this week's episode, Wedge Dudge, Wedge Dudge, whatever you want to call it, Three Ships is upon us, (laughs) and we're going to talk about it right now. They're all laughing at me because I have a hard time typing, I have a hard time pronunciating, Uh, so I'm just going to say hi to Sarah, Casey, and Bill. Great episode this week with good laughs, good Easter eggs, and another good solid Star Trek message, Bill. You know, I saw Wes Douge come sailing in on Christmas Day in the morning. (laughs) Did it come sail away? Did you sail away with me? (laughs) I did, yeah. We climbed oh. aboard our, their starship and headed for the skies. Bill, do away, you like pina coladas? <laughs> I do. And getting caught in the rain. Sarah, ah. can you please say hi? To, oh, my God. This, this is fantastic. I was going to say the title of this episode is more like how I try to say welcome after a couple of cocktail drinks when I'm having a party. Here's my two cents. No one can never say that we don't have fun here on Discovering Trek Lower Decks, correct? Correct. Correct, Amundo. Thank you. I was say that. There was a long pause there. It was a little worrisome there for a second. Correct, Amundo. Uh, I, I can't wait to start talking about this episode, but before we do start talking about it, Bill, why don't you tell listeners how they can get in touch with us to give us their thoughts on what Sarah likes to call. Wait, <laughs> Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Sure thing, Dan. (laughs) So listeners, we definitely want to hear from you. The best way to do that is to get yourself the Trek Geeks mobile app for your iOS or Android device. Download it, tap the more button and get a whole bunch of ways to get in touch with us. And while you're at it, you can check out some of our brand new app exclusive shows that you just won't be able to get anywhere else. Head over to trekgeeks.com slash app 
for all the details. Plus, you can join the most positive Star Trek Facebook group there is. It's Camp Kitterin. It is the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. It's real easy to join. Load up the Facebooks, search for Camp Kittimer, answer a few quick questions, and we'll let you right in to take part in all the fun and positive discussion. Like Dan, it is so simple. <laughs> Truly just simple. I mean, it doesn't get any simpler because that's okay. And a big thank you to our <laughs> wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark for the awesome job they do running the camp. Please do remember, though, that any comments or messages you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode, Dan. That means mm. people speak and we mm. tell other people what they said. We do. Well, we might even play the actual recording on the show. That, that it, Very good. It could happen. It's never happened on Discovering Trek, to my knowledge, but it, you never know. Very so good, Dan. Because nobody listens. Packlin Dan is doing it. Thank Yay! you. Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> okay, so Welcome before to- we start our discussion, be, no, no, you be quiet. Black alert. Black alert. Before we start our discussion, we want to <laughs> warn our listeners that this episode of Discovering Trek Lower Decks does contain spoilers. So if you haven't watched Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 9, stop listening right now. Head on over to Paramount Plus or wherever you watch Lower Decks. Watch the episode. Then head back on over to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that will put you at risk to find out plot developments and character details for Wedge Dudge. That's like the sound that I make when I want to punch Spoiler Bill in the forehead. Alert. Dush. Right? No. Okay. Well, anyway. you always want to punch him, don't you? Epi- I, that's true. I always do. Episode 9. We only have one episode left, guys and girls. Oh. We do. We do. Fantastic. Fantastic final few episodes so far. This episode was great completely unexpected. I had no idea what this was going to be like. You know, we had the description last week that Casey so eloquently read about, you know, just the crew having to find bridge buddies. And it went way more than that. So, Bill, I want to start with you and and what you thought. Cool stuff. We got to see lower decks on other ships, dude. We haven't seen that before. It was awesome. I I'm lukewarm on this episode. I there are elements of it I really enjoy. Um I I, I think overall it's not a bad episode. I'm just kind of kind of down the road on it. It's funny. Last week, Casey thought that uh, that that particular episode, I excretus, was a little more filler. To me, this one was an absolute filler episode of sorts. Um, and again, I, I I didn't not like it. Uh, it's not that I'm giving it a thumbs down. It's just I am not necessarily a a vibrant thumbs up. That's okay. I can appreciate that, Sarah. You're you're nodding your head in agreement here. I see, the, although our listeners can't see, but I'm telling them that now. Right. What am I doing now, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> she's been doing that since she's 14. Uh, Anyone see a bird? Um, I kind of agree with what Bill's saying, actually, about it. I think that the previous episode last week was less of a filler than this one. I also watched this episode, and I was tired, and I was bored by it, turned it off. When I went back and watched it in full, I enjoyed it a lot more, because I was like alert and ready for it, and I enjoyed it, but... There was something about it that at first I was just like, uh, like, what's the point? But then after watching it as a whole, I was like, I can see this maybe setting up some stuff for the future. So I'm curious now and I'm ready for some season finale episodes. Yeah. yeah. I, mm-hmm. I put, put a plural just in case he decided to do another one. <laughs> so I, it's interesting that you guys say that. I thought it was, I thought it was, I didn't think it was a filler episode. I thought there was some great reveals here. One of them being the fact that this Klingon and on this ship 
has been supplying the weapons for the PACLEDs to be such a threat to the Federation. I thought that was kind of huge based on what we've seen. This has now been going on for over a season with the PACLEDs. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty big reveal, Casey. So there were some episode, there, there were some parts of the episode that could be defined as filler. But I thought that this one was really setting up for what I think is going to be a pretty epic finale next week. I, I think this was a huge transition episode. The, the last few that we received have been, to me, less comedic and more dramatic. So they're setting up the, the finale really big. I mean, think about it. We're finding out who's supplying the weapons. We're finding out that there's still infighting going on with the Klingons, right? We've got all that going on. We, we see other things going on of, is there possibly going to be a new crew member on the Cerritos relatively soon? So I, I saw this episode as a, as a very big transition episode to kind of get us ready for what might be, um, I'm not going to say not enjoyable, but maybe not a pleasant season finale for the crew of the Cerritos and that emotionally we're kind of being uh, set up for that a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, last year, we, last season's finale, we saw the death of Shax and that really didn't mean anything when you look at what's been going on this season. But yeah, I think it's going to be a good setup for what happens next week, Bill. And, and But even with all that being said, I think we're kind of split 50-50 between the four of us as to what we thought about the episode. There was some good stuff going on in here, I think. And, mm-hmm. and I know that you and I have had several discussions, Bill, on Trek Geeks in regards to how Klingons, Klingons have been uh, presented in Star Trek history, especially with TNG. Um, but we got some more in-depth look at Klingons in this episode, and I think that uh, you had some good points about that. You know, I think that this Klingon arc is more interesting than some of the live-action Klingon stories we've, re- we've received over the years. And in many mm. ways, I think it's far more satisfying. I think in this 20-some-odd-minute episode, we get more depth to some of these Klingon characters than we ever got with Gowron, as an example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's Chancellor Bug Eyes. I get it. Um, he, he's kind of power hungry and, and maybe even the mad king to some extent, but I, I there was a, it, for the Klingon aspects that we saw, there was a story that you could track from beginning to middle to end. And I thought that it did a much better service than some of the other Klingon stories of the past. Plus we got to see purple Klingon blood again, which we haven't seen for a long time. Red, pink, pinkish, red, purple. Pink. Yeah. Pink, purple, red, blue, whatever it is. It was still good to see. I want you Um, painting my house with that level of detail. (laughs) It looked like Pepto-Bismol. Yes, uh, Pepto-Bismol. It looked like a nice Shiraz. (laughs) (laughs) How does anything ever get done on a Klingon ship? I mean, that's something that we've seen throughout Star Trek history with the course of everybody trying to assassinate each other, move up in the ranks. Um, I don't like you, so I'm going to battle you to the death. I mean, and this is certainly something that we see here. It's just interesting that the only thing that we didn't see in this episode that we've seen in other Klingon episodes on a ship is like the bridge is really humid and foggy. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of struggle go- that goes on, but... I think there's also the day-to-day things where there's, there's scheming. There's scheming going on, but you have to plan for it because otherwise your entire fleet just disintegrates from within. So story, story-wise, that, that's kind of interesting of, of what they're doing. But to continue to see that, hey, the, the, the Klingons aren't all on, on the same board. 
of doing stuff. There, there are mm. factions going on. And I think that makes them so much more interesting than certain things about Starfleet. All for I it. thought it was great. I thought that it was great that the Klingon reference how weak the Klingons have become because Klingons are joining Starfleet, a great reference to warp. Very very under under the under the water type mm-hmm. of, of comment that you didn't really expect. Folks, we want to take a moment, as we do, each and every week to thank Fansets for being our exclusive sponsor here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Folks, whether you can spell or not, you should collect Star Trek pins and pins from Scooby-Doo, Harry Potter, Alien, DC Comics, and a bunch of other genres. Fansets is always hard at work to bring you the very best pins Quatloos can buy. Yeah, and right now you can add to your collection of pins with the latest new release from Fansets. It's the Horror Collection. Jason, Annabelle, Freddy Krueger... There are only a few of the newest pins available from our friends at Fansets, and you can also grab the special limited edition Colorado Festival of Horror pin with blood red glitter right now at Fansets.com. I'd just like to point out in almost seven years of podcasting with Dan, he has never once misspelled Quatloos. Um, <laughs> so there's that. As but always, Potter, friends, you get, to sa- uh, you get to save money each and every week just for being a Discovering Trek Lower Decks listener. Head on over to Fansets.com. Get a whole bunch of those horror pins and some Star Trek pins and some alien pins and maybe even some Harry Potter pins and put them in your cart. And at checkout, enter the special discount code for this week and every week, Lower Decks. This is what happens when I don't look at the copy. That's Mm -hmm. L-O-W-E-R-D-E-C-K-S in all capital letters with no spaces. That'll get you 10% off your entire order. And of course, don't forget that U.S. customers will get free shipping if you spend $30 or more. Fansets. Our pins have character, and we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. What else What else was going on in this episode that we really liked? Sarah, what did you think about what was going on, not only with the Klingon ship, but maybe in some of the other ships, like the Pakleds or the, or the Vulcan ship? Um, red alarm. Red alarm. <laughs> that's, like, that's, my, that's my takeaway from this episode. That and the Hawaiian totally. shirts. Like, I can really relate to the Hawaiian shirt, Mai Tais. Like, that was like, okay, I, I get it. There's there's things here that I can really relate to. Um, I was cu- I was I was intrigued by the choices that they made for the for the aliens that they decided to to do that little lower deck thing for. The Klingons mm-hmm. and the Vulcans are as broad as opposite as you can get, with a little tease of the Borg and a little you know, hint at what the Packlids are up to. I myself would love to have seen this in a Ferengi or Cardassian too. What about you guys? Do you have any other races that you'd be interested to see this kind of dynamic? Oh, I, well, that's really interesting. I mean, if we could understand the brain, I would love to see that, but I think you hit it for me with the Cardassians. Absolutely. The Cardassians, hundred percent. Casey, that would be fun. Cause I, I, I don't think they'd have the same complete undermining. They seem to be more of, fully intertwined with what their goal is and to, hey, whether I fully believe in the superior officer or not, this is the goal. I'm going to help however possible. And that's where you could see them just taking over galaxies easily. And that would be Mm -hmm. pretty darn fun to see. Nausicaan. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Breen. Really interesting. Breen. A full Breen episode. No, No speaking at all. Just... Does anybody here watch? Um, does anybody here watch the show Brooklyn Nine Nine? Oh yeah, Nine Nine. Yes. 
Would yep. you say that <laughs> Captain Raymond Holt has a, Vul- a Vulcan? I, I kind of picked <laughs> up on that in a little bit of the dynamic. I'm like, right? oh my God, because I've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm like, I think he might be Vulcan and he's hiding his ears. <laughs> well, I think that, that one of the guest actors was also the actor that plays his husband on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. His name escapes me oh, at the time. Yeah. Oh, but it was, Kevin. it was also nice to hear some of our series regulars in oh, other yeah. characters mm-hmm. in this episode, which I thought was really exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was able to pick out Jillian Vigman and Fred Tatashior and, of course, Jerry O'Connell yep. in various parts. And I, that's just, I mean, that to me is gold in this episode. And oh, I didn't catch that. That's so cool. Tawny was awesome as the Vulcan. I, I mean, I, that's who I thought it was. I'm pretty sure. Which, that, which Vulcan? Sh- the, the the main Vulcan that was that was the, um, the Valeris was, the Valeris yeah, looking. Well, one. I didn't I didn't think so. Oh, I thought it was. I didn't either. It no. Sounded to me like it's, I'll, I'll, I'll have to check. But I thought that character was awesome. And one of the things I love the most about the Vulcan parts of this episode was the over-enunciation of every single word. I thought that was hysterical <laughs> and just brought me back to all the times, Bill, that you and I have talked about how much I couldn't stand the Vulcans in Enterprise at the beginning and that, that over-enunciation and that I'm better than everybody else. I loved it. I thought mm-hmm. it was great and it happened throughout the whole episode this week. I'm at least glad that they continued the use of sensors. Yes. Sensors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think that her we're going to see her again? Because she was oh, reassigned. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. you know, what's funny is I'm going to have to double check. I really thought it sounded just like Tawny doing the voice for that character. And it's, she's very similar to, to Mariner. And it would be pretty incredible to have both of them on the Cerritos and her voicing both characters. I'm going to have to do, be. do some digging to see if that was her. I'm sure that once the reviews start popping up as a gunner today, um, we'll be able to see if that was actually her. Yeah. But um, I, I really I really enjoyed the Vulcan aspect of this episode a lot. I did like a lot of the callbacks that we saw. The Go Climb a Rock t-shirt and the whole El Capitan um, holodeck uh, adventure. I kind of like that. And I'll bet you our Trek Geeks mixologist, Brooke, just loved that Go Climb a Rock t-shirt because I know she loves wearing her Go climb a rock T-shirt. Um, the phaser that can shoot through walls. I thought that was a great reference to DS Nine. I really thought that they're always, they're always when they were talking about uh, they were playing what looked like to me Starfleet Clue. Yeah, Bill's got a quizzical look on his face when oh, they're playing Starfleet oh, yeah. Clue. The weapon used was the phaser that could shoot through walls. So I thought that was a great reference to Deep Space Nine. That's one of the things I like, as I've said many times this season, is even when it's not in your face. These callbacks work because they're very subtle. So I thought that was really cool. Bill, what else did you have? You had to have a couple of other things in there. Um, how long before we see the Ritos shirts in the Star Trek store? Will it be sometime, maybe by 2 o'clock today, you think? <laughs> it might um, be there now, as a matter of fact. I just want to get licensing. some sponsorship, but it could be like Cheetos Ritos. <laughs> I'm sure that licensing and John Van Sitters is already on top of that. Of course, it a play on the disco shirts. And I love how the device from the game makes an appearance in the background of the bar scene <laughs> with Kayshawn and Boimler. Dan, you brought that up last week as being yeah. your simulation. Yeah. Um, and then it just so happens to be this week actually in the episode, which I thought was really kind of cool. Second um, time this season. Second time this season. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What else we got we going get- on, Sarah? Anything else uh, that uh, you saw? I'm sorry, Casey, you were going to say something? Oh, well, okay, but no, no, let Sarah go first, because hers will be much better than mine. <laughs> so well, will not. That it's goes the, without saying. <laughs> it's, it's Sarah asking the question, what does Ritos mean? I don't, I don't get that. Cerritos. It's short for oh, Cerritos. 
Oh, because Cerritos yes. is too long to stay. Okay, yeah, mine right. mine is definitely going to be better. <laughs> so. well, no, it is. Like, let's be real. It is. Yeah. That was pretty bad. Well, one, I I laughed at like the the, the white crew members wearing their Hawaiian shirts, which if you're from Hawaii, they're, they are Aloha <laughs> shirts. They're not right. Hawaiian shirts, okay? Yeah. So that I was just kind of going, okay, that's a, a nice, cool little dig going on there. But while like all this stuff's going on, right, we, we get the Borg Cube, 90182, and if you know that reference, you watched Fox on certain nights for a group of teens Melrose from Beverly Hills. Because it's 90210, so the numbers are. Yeah, off. but, yeah, oh, God, it was close enough. Okay, someone's <laughs> bitter because she doesn't know what Ritos means. Secondly, get, <laughs> get out of my generation. Wow. That's my TV oh. show. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> secondly, secondly re- let's remember this. The Packlids now, once again, they have another bomb. Yeah. And that whole thing is like, you know, goes by very quick, but they're so, (laughs) come on, they're so stupid, but it's like, they still have another bomb ready to go. And I know Bill has something to say about that. Actually, okay, so I have something to say about the zip code 90182. You've actually managed to pick a zip code in Mexico. So oh, congratulations, I buddy. I looked it up. I looked it up because I was trying to figure out. I don't, like, even, hmm. I don't even remember the reference you're talking about there. 90210? No, no. Because you don't remember the end credits. You never saw Oh, them. that's right. That's right. I, I forgot those. Yes, that's right. My, my bad. Yeah, I had to skip right through those. But anyway, one other thing that I wanted to talk about, <laughs> oh, in the, which is serious. See, I, I, I'm very good at moving away from my own mistakes. See, Are you, though? Because you just I, went I, back I really, to it. I, uh, and you keep coming back each week. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I am a big mistake. One thing I did like about this episode, if you remember from last week, I was talking about the way that the bridge crew treated Lower Deckers and what Lower Deckers thought of the bridge mm-hmm. crew. I really liked in this week, those relationships seem to have gotten better. I was very impressed with what Ransom did at the end of the episode and that gesture that he had towards Boimler. You mm-hmm. saw, you know, he just, he had a smile on his face. He was happy that it was happening. He knew that he was making Boimler feel good. And I think that this shows a relationship between the two different uh, crews that is very good and hopefully something that we'll be able to see built upon in the future, Sarah. Absolutely. I love this character of Ransom and I feel like we've gotten so little and and like half of it has been like a sarcastic kind of like, oh, is he that guy? And then to have these little moments, including especially this episode, I was like, yeah, this is more of this, please. Sideshow. Yep. Come on, Jerry. You're, mm-hmm. you're into it. I know you are. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's start the petition now for Star Trek Ransom. Yeah. <laughs> he's Stay noticing. He's think. Yeah, he's noticing all these things that Boimler's doing. So, you know, previous episode, he's like, hey, Boimler, you know, good leadership there. So there's these little things that are going on where Boimler is trying to get promoted, doing things that are actually being noticed in uh, an organic or natural way. And then, the yeah, the nice reciprocation thing of, you know, giving a little boost to Boimler when he needed it. And that was wonderful. You know, you know I mean... 
let's not forget, Ransom didn't get to be the first officer of the Cerritos by luck. I mean, clearly he has to have some skill. He has right. to have mm-hmm. some ability. And that includes the ability to mentor other officers. I mean, the Cerritos may be a California class vessel doing second contacts, but I'm willing to bet that Jack Ransom actually has a lot of actual skills and talents mm-hmm. as a Starfleet officer. And he's ripped. Well, yeah. What do you think it's okay. like in that house in real life? You got Jerry as yeah. a number one, and you got Rebecca as a number one. That must be some fun discussions going on at the dinner table. Absolutely. A lot you of know? pressure on the kids, or, I think. To or like do they have... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or you can't say things in front of the kids because you got so many non-disclosures <laughs> that they look at each other. Hey, CBS hey, ninjas hey, in the how was your how was your day d- at work today? Oh, it was great. I did a lot of stuff that I can't tell you about. How about you? Oh, we did some amazing stuff that I can't tell you about. Okay, well, sounds good. How's that medical drama you're working on? Good. How about your medical drama? Good. <laughs> well, um, we got a lot of stuff that we've been going through, the, especially the last couple episodes, especially getting ready for this big finale, which is coming up really soon. Mm-hmm. Um, the Packlids are still a threat. The Klingons are involved. Lots of stuff, Casey. So what do we have coming up next week on Star Trek Lower Decks? Well, Danielson, next week, it's the season finale for season two of Lower Decks. Mike McMahon and his team are keeping things extremely close to the vest for this one, so we literally have no idea what to expect, other than it's going to be pretty, pretty, uh, it's going to be pretty good, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. (laughs) Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by downloading the Trek Geeks Podcast Network app. I'm supposed to say more, but I'm protesting. I want more episodes. I'm stopping yes. right here. This is it. I'm done. <laughs> but also, don't forget, you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other perks. A lot of other perks. We want oh. to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. And we are absolutely grateful for their support. Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Julianne Jordan, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, first of his name, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trebuzio, <laughs> Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. If you would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Beam on over or pop and lock on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks where subscription levels start at $2 a month. And you can even pop and lock into more great Star Trek discussion by checking out the other member podcasts on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. In addition to the flagship show, Trek Geeks, hosted by myself and Dan Davidson, there's Discovering Trek, this one, Rewind with Sarah. <sighs> Polytrex, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, and The Divine Treasury, and of course, our Sci-Fi Sisters. We're also proud to welcome Drawn to Trek, Science Station 2, and with the first link to our network family as the latest additions to the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. You know, you can find all of our podcasts, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network, no one, human or otherwise, talks Trek like we do. Dare you say no one? Dare I say no one? I said good day. That's what <gasps> I like. I know it's pretty. It's pretty intense. 
Uh, everyone, we got to thank you so much for joining us for our discussion of Season 2's penultimate episode, Wedge Dudge. Next week is it, folks. It's the Season 2 finale <laughs> of Lower Decks. I'm not going to say it again because I can't pronounce it anyway. Do but it, next week it, is it. the finale. I am so excited for it, yet I am so very sad, to be honest, that it's the season finale, and Sarah's very upset about it as well. But i got to say that having my trusty Lower Decks crew of Casey, Bill, and Sarah makes me smile, as always, and I can't thank them enough for yet another great discussion on this week's episode, which I shall never say again. We look forward to sitting down next week to talk about the epic Star Trek Lower Decks season finale. So until then, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.